Welcome to David Foster Wallace and Gromit, the only officially unlicensed Infinite Just fan cast. My name is Jared. With me as always is Steve to discuss, uh, of course, uh, all things pertaining to David Foster Wallace's seminal classic Infinite Jest, as well as culture at large. And uh, and a novella this week of uh, our guests choosing, or a short story rather. Uh, Steve, how are you? Well, I'm doing just fine. I'm really on the road to recovery. And that's something that I'm very thankful for. Yeah, we have uh, some really exciting news heading into our 50th episode spectacular that we'll be debuting later regarding vis-a-vis, -vis, of course, uh, Steve's health and wellness, as well as our own status as wanted men. Uh, we do have a guest this week. We had a guest last week, of course, uh, public intellectual Jordan, and uh, we are joined once more by a guest. This is uh, a good friend of the pod, sort of the uh, the David Foster Wallace and Gromit extended universe uh how should I put this? Preeminent, uh, long hair consultant, Carl. Carl, how are you today? Jared, Steve, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, before we get uh, you know get started, maybe just like a little Q and A. Uh, tell the people about yourself. You know, whatever you're comfortable sharing. You know, what what? Let's do this. What makes you a qualified public intellectual? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm, you know, I don't want to get into any ad hominem attacks here. Mm -hmm. um, that's not, you know, put the facts out there and mm -hmm. let's dispute them, right? No straw men arguments, please. Uh, let's just mm -hmm. keep to the keep to the facts at hand. A lot of people would argue that, um, you know, maybe a breadth of knowledge yes. uh, on a topic is qualifies you for for being able to discuss in the public square, um, any particular topic. Uh, mm -hmm. I would argue that it's a narrow, it's a narrow look. Mm, yes. So when I was, you know, when I was asked to, to come on, this was, oh gosh, this was a while ago, right? I can't, I can't really recall when the, I mean, I mean schedules, yeah, yeah, misalignments, yeah. you know, mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. have you. Um, but I would say I've, I've read three books okay those, <laughs> and those would be those, those, yeah those three books are um the pamphlet that came with diablo 2 okay, okay. The, the like the game guide you know mm -hmm. um judge dread case files 5 the law at war um and then house of leaves okay. and i okay. i think you i think you may see where i'm going with this but uh, why I think I'm qualified to, to discuss uh, David Foster Wallace's work is I, I think I read it, maybe it was the, you know, the Paris Review of Books, the New York, I don't, I can't remember, one of the vaulted literary journals. They said, you know, Infinite Jess has a lot of footnotes. Yeah. And I thought myself, you know what better way, there's no, maybe there's no better way to investigate footnotes and how they and how they relate to a work than by first reading house of leads sure 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 there you have it i mean so this is oh excuse me no please go ahead oh i was i was going to say this is more of an investigation into the study let's say of footnotes something along those lines yeah wouldn't argue with that wouldn't argue with that I mean, okay. we really went out of our way a couple of weeks back to establish that this is a podcast, uh, both both created by and exclusively for people with a, uh, let's call it an above uh, 140 IQ. And to hear that you have invested your life's work uh, cool. into into footnotes, into cool. expansion, into uh, into you know diving deeper into the uh, let's, let's say subtext. That's a real above 140 IQ maneuver, and we'd love to have it here on David Foster Wallace and Gromit, the preeminent 140 IQ and above podcast. Um, Carl, next question. Uh, again, as the foremost long hair vanguard and, and in-house long hair consultant of the David Foster Wallace and Gromit universe, tell me a little bit about how your hair has been responding to the change in weather uh, as someone who's been experiencing a lot of uh, frizz lately uh, myself. You know, I, I, I wish I could relate it uh for whatever reason i listen i'm i i don't want to i don't want to alarm anyone but okay. i have been following the trend report okay. okay i'm aware of what is in okay and what is out okay mm -hmm. and over the over the last uh i think it's the last month i've just been doing dutch girl braids yes 
And let me tell you what, you lock up your hair real tight in some Dutch girl braids, the weather, who cares? It could be exactly. It could be complete saturation, humidity, hundred percent, zero, bone dry. Doesn't matter. Your hair's locked up. Now tell me, when you say Dutch girl braids, are you walking out uh like Allen Iverson stacked on top, or are you walking out with the little white hat or the little bonnet coming out at a ninety degree angle from your head? The bonnet, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I mean, I wish. I mean, you know, I think uh, as a kid growing up in the nineties, you look to you you look to AI. You look to Sure. <laughs> yeah. You look to the answer. Absolutely. Uh for the answer. And Absolutely. um wow. sometimes you just don't measure up. Yeah, I mean, you as a child, really... you know. Right, no, I was just going to say all of us independent of one another as children had those sort of hoop dreams. We were out there with the VHS, the high eight VHS camera, you know, making our mixtape, just thinking one day going to go to go into the league one day. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we are here. But at a certain point, you do have to, uh, you know, reckon with, again, that that uh, public intellectual mindset, the, uh, the right. 140 IQ sort of maneuvers that guide our lives and have, have of course guided us here and uh we're of course very grateful for that post-reckoning and, and self-awareness carl we do have one final question it's a question we ask all of our guests um this is a podcast that is completely surrounded and engrossed by uh tipples we had tasty tipples we had a tea segment once upon a time um you know we've we've even expanded once upon a time into uh the creation of uh articles by which we enjoy our tipples we had mugs uh, david foster wallace from grom adventure m-u-g-g um tell us a little bit about what you're drinking tell us about your tipple now this is a this is a lossless audio format correct this podcast mm-hmm. uh, okay uh i am drinking in celebration in celebration of this fantastic weather we've been having okay um i have been drinking lemonade shandies nonstop. Okay. Half is that... beer, half lemonade, over ice. Okay. I am I am of the continent. I am for the continent. Imagine me. You couldn't catch me on Ibiza. I am no, I am firmly not. in the mainland. Mm-hmm. And I am and I am drinking lemonade chance constantly. Now, um quick question on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Yeah. <clears throat> it, now this is what what kind of beer? This is a this is a. That's light what you beer. said, right? Beer and beer, lemonade. Yeah. That's correct. This is a light so is beer. It, okay, this is a, but lo- a lager. It's a lager and lemonade. A lager and so lemonade. So it's not a pilsner. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's not what? a pilsner. What it's separates a, a shandy from a Rattler? I was just gonna ask that question because yeah. it sounds. I guess ra- I mean ra- that's why I ask because Rattlers are typically pilsners. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what separates it. I believe, and I could be mistaken here, because I'm no, I'm no Radler head. I am, I am a, a, a Shandy head. Um, <laughs> Radlers, Radlers, I think, are mostly beer and then some sort of syrup, lemon syrup, right, added into it. Now, you can also buy them direct from the manufacturer in Radler form, uh, you know, a complete, uh, a final product. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, I believe that a shandy is more of a half and half lemonade. It's like the eight. It's like the AP of uh, sure. of the Radler world. Yeah, when you want to go Arnie Palmy mode, but you also want to have a little kick. I, I wonder if anyone's ever gone so <laughs> far as to go liter glass, three hundred mil beer, three hundred mil lemonade, three hundred mil tea. See, what I was going to ask was, what about the what about what about like a. I don't know, maybe nine out of nine tenths, you know, 90% lemonade. And you yeah. just you want a little, <laughs> little bit of that beer taste. Just, yeah. to, float, uh, just to float that on the top. Yeah. But over yeah, the back of a bar. Hmm. <laughs> and I guess a follow-up question would be if you were to construct the dream, uh, you know, the Shandy, Rattler, Child Sip, whatever you want to call it. If you want to construct the perfect <laughs> one, what, what juice and what beer? Because I'm thinking, I mean, when when you consider the opportunities, the wide world of juice, of course, this is a podcast previously sponsored by uh, the Trader Joe's Juice Program and the North American Vinegar Initiative. Now uh, currently sponsored now, by Ocean Spray. Now currently now. sponsored by Ocean Spray, yes. I mean, I'm, oh, you want to talk about Ocean Spray. I'm certainly thinking maybe a Cran Pills. Uh, I think something like that would Cran go down Pils real smooth. Be good. 
Yeah, or I mean, maybe like as a, long as the crayon is straight from the bog, I, you know. Yeah. Then, as then long as I'm can, picking those myself. Right. Then you can yeah. chuck a pills in there and really, really have fun. Let's say. Yeah, I like a real foggy cranberry juice kind of maneuver. Mm. Interesting. Now I'm thinking since we have a, uh, since we have a sponsorship with Ocean Spray, I am just going to jump in. Yeah, please do. Uh, and promote their new product if that's okay during the during the Q and A, kind of in the mm -hmm. middle. Then we can maybe make maybe you guys maybe we can get a soundbite of all of us saying something about this new product line. Yeah. Uh, but l let me just let me just get into it, and that is Ocean Spray will be launching uh, next week, I believe. Somewhere I think it's April thirtieth is the release date, or it could be thirty first or May first. Okay. We'll have to check that out online, but. They will be releasing a uh, sort of a shandy, if you want to call it, with Ocean Spray juice, and it's going to be Ocean Spray uh, red wine. It's it's the Ocean Spray Cabernet uh, Cabernet. It's, it's their fifty fifty. Yeah, and it's called the Spray Bernay, and it is yeah, as I said, Ocean Spray mixed with Cabernet. So it's the Spray Bernay, and it is. I tell you, May is going to be. May is gonna be insane. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love all the good work that the people over at Ocean Spray are doing. And also, I really appreciate Steve you giving our listeners sort of a peek behind the curtain. Obviously, when we do our ads, we don't like to uh, we don't like to, right. to bookend them too obviously. Absolutely. We want people to skip yeah. them. We want to make sure people get the full effect of our ads and and the sponsors sure. that we cherish so dearly. And um, to see Ocean Spray. You know, entering into look, we had a we had a big year past couple of years for what for seltzers. We had you know we definitely you, did. Yeah, you your Zima, your Truly, your White Claw, what have you, but not enough appreciation for a little sangria. And uh, seeing Ocean Spray with this uh, this Ocean Spray Bernay, it, it I mean, look, I'm I'm and, I'm, and I'm I do want up, there needs you know? to be a distinction because Ocean Spray is trying to rebrand. It is not a sangria. This is a Spray Bernay. It is a new and improved sangria it is its own thing yeah and this is so, without the additional fruit chunks you might find in a sangria this is with absolutely. the fruit chunk this infusion is, you buy it in a bottle yeah like your ocean spray and it's now is this a screw top in, or do you uncork it absolutely screw top and it's okay. going to have in big in big red letters spray bernay by ocean spray yeah and so that's just something that they've they've uh, let me in on a little secret and so we're promoting that today because it really, it's going to be fantastic. I'll tell you, I'll probably be drinking them every day. And that's yeah. their new slogan. It's going to be every day a Spray Bernay. And yep. we we will go insane in May. Insane in May Bernay. for Spray Bernay. Now I'm looking at the copy right here. Um, just for everyone listening, uh, they do recommend it chilled. This is not a, this is not going to be a hot beverage. This is something Definitely, you can put yeah. over ice or something you can keep in your fridge. And of course you go on the Ocean Spray website or go to oceanspray.com slash DFWAG and you can get 20% off your first order, that first case uh, with yeah. code DFWAG20. Thanks again yeah, to Ocean are, Spray. They're delivering right to your doorstep. So all Ocean Spray products, you can have them shipped right to your, uh, right to your, home address or PO box and ocean spray. They're going to send out their big ocean spray delivery trucks and you'll see them. I mean, there's no, there's no better site that I can see on a May day than an ocean spray Cabernet truck, uh, ocean spray Bernay, excuse yeah. me, truck. When and I saw ocean, please pardon. pardon? It, rival, it rivals the, it, it rivals the heralding of, of summer with, um, the chime, the chimes of ice cream trucks. Of course, you see that ocean spray truck rumbling down the road. Absolutely, the chime, the chime of the ice cream truck is is something that our ears, uh, that our ears, uh, no longer, no longer pay attention to. The, the chimes, what we like to say down at Ocean Spray is the chimes of of the ice cream truck are drowned out by the gong of the spray Bernay truck. <laughs> Yeah. And, and uh, it is something that we're, we're very proud of the partnership and we're very excited for the coming summer. I mean, when I see Renee product line, when I see that rebranded, that vintage ice cream truck that the ocean, the good people at Ocean Spray are driving around and to deliver those hand deliver those orders. When I see that good vintage ice cream truck driven by my good pal Ocean Spray Owen, he's got the Ocean Spray hat, he's tipping the hat and who is on top of it strapped in with a little airplane seatbelt, if not Ocean Spray Oleander banging that gong. And I love to see it. Thank you so much, Ocean Spray for making those hand deliveries that that personal care is really what what brings it home for me. 
there's there is a level of personal touch that we really don't get you know it's something we've lost uh today in the age of internet yeah. i don't know if you guys are, are into that and so internet is is uh something that these days is a bit you know you lose that personal touch uh you know you can't you can't you can't say hey how's it going how's the day how's the you know nice weather to an internet website that, that exactly can't respond to you in a verbal sense and when and when the spray bernay truck and the spray bernay you know olivander and olivander and his gang come rolling down the street banging mm-hmm. that gong uh just the smiles you really can't replace it and it's something that's you know that i'm very thankful for it's an incredible opportunity and we really we really just wanted to take this this quick second to thank ocean spray and everything that they've done so keep an eye out spray bernay in may uh go to oceanspray.com slash dfwag check it out 20 percent off your order if you enter the code dfwag thanks guys all right and can we get a clean sound bite carl uh just uh just letting them know thank you ocean spray dear ocean spray mm-hmm. that's what's up there we go there we go all right Absolutely. um now moving on let me, let me give you one really quick i'm just oh sure sure yeah one. since, get one since real we've quick. got good audio let me just jump in here wait hold on a second uh hold on one second <clears throat> yeah clear your throat can we get a clean read how's it sound and we're good action brighten my day with spray bernay perfect that's easy come on that works? Right now. we got that we got it it's too nice. easy Okay. The people over at Ocean Spray HQ are going to go nuts for that. Um, well, they've been going nuts this whole year trying to get excited to unveil this new product line. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, so what do we got next? Well, Bonnie's so thank, to do. thank you to our listeners for sticking with us through that. I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my screen now. We're looking at the, uh, the company email here. Let's go ahead and first take a look at a new email from a uh, new correspondent, someone new to the chef, the, the, excuse me, the Dave Foster Wallace and Gromit Extended Universe. Uh, this is from one Nelson Bile. This is uh, nelsonbile057 at gmail.com, the official Nelson Bile email. No subject, it reads, hello, good day to you. Please, I have a business proposal for you. Get back to me, okay? Barrister Nelson. Steve, what do you have to say to Barrister Nelson? I just really want to say we really appreciate all the correspondence from from our buddy Barrister. Um, really, really appreciate his contact. I, and, I, and I'll be honest, I've been waiting to hear from him because because mm-hmm. uh, old Barrister has been, you know, he's been let's call it uh, knocking on the door. Yeah. And so we're really happy to hear from him. So we appreciate Barrister. Uh, shoot us another email. Let's hear that business proposal. Hope it's a good one. Carl, what do you have to say to Barrister? In, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, I it's un, it's structurally unsound. Um, I I want to know what's more. What 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 happens next? Now I don't want to get you guys too excited, but um, I believe this in tandem with our week's email from Chef Jeff um, might be, and yeah, we'll see what happens next week. But might be unveiling a brighter future for us. I mean, we talked a lot about. Operation Orangeland, but um, what we really haven't talked about regarding that sort of positivity and that peacefulness and that that moment of repose moving into 2021 or further into 2021, we haven't talked about uh, a sense of positivity and safety and security and general wellness for ourselves on the lamb. But I believe that Barrister Nelson with his business proposal, getting us back in the good graces of the globalist cabal or setting us up on a new financial track uh, uh, to better establish ourselves as a sovereign nation once more, or at least offer ourselves a bit of protection and again, wellness and security moving forward. Now, like I said, we do have an email from chef Jeff. This is of course the verified chef Jeff email, um, subject line all around the world statues crumble for me. There is a link attached. Let's go ahead and just see this link. Video producer, Mick G same guy who did what uh, it is okay. all nice and decent with the curl. This is Mr. Cat and Sugar Ray riding through. Every
Well, I'm in a tell no lie And them way you me love your water Come on me, yeah I'm just like a eagle in a day You run a fly Me not go love the girl I'm go tell her bye-bye And grow your wing and fly Spread your love and fly that's probably enough for now that's uh so steve considering chef jeff's last correspondence um obviously again this is directed at you what do you make of this i mean he's saying he's i mean like a chef jeff is chef jeff telling you or us that he just wants to fly telling you to put your arms around him baby excuse me for forgetting to turn him back on after that uh after that uh frankly terrible flashback and nightmare that i've just had to endure from a mental and psychological standpoint and that mm-hmm. is because as an as inf- insider information that is the song that uh jeff chef chef jeff one of the chef two. jeff and jeff chef yeah well i mean perhaps perhaps there isn't just one is is just sort of a little teaser for you guys um chef jeff played that song as he let's call it removed me from the building as i was falling <laughs> and and as i had fallen i i look up to see the great chef himself looking down at me saying uh spread your wings and fly mm-hmm. uh, uh like a crumbled statue you fall and and this is something that really I've thought about quite a bit, mm-hmm. and so it is it is a large scale mock, you know. Chef Jeff is is and always has been, um, uh, sort of a jokester and a prankster uh-huh. and a goof, and these jokes and these pranks and these goofs go too far, particularly if you throw the same person out of a window four times. I would say that is beyond the realm of prankhood and uh, outside of that. And so I take this personally. I think it's an attack, but I am on my road to recovery. And uh, I am looking to better and brighter days. Mm -hmm. And that is thanks to the wonderful work of Ocean Spray and our next sponsor, Apple Podcasts. And that is... uh, the the sponsor of this episode so someone that we really appreciate our friend uh, tom over at apple podcasts has told us that we are now uh financially partnered with apple podcasts and uh so this is a little a little soundbite for them maybe give me a countdown if you can <laughs> oh now hold on i don't want to get too deep into this read i don't want to conflate the read with with what you are now claiming is a, a personal affront uh, on behalf of Chef Jeff. Carl, tell us what you thought of Chef Jeff's correspondence. I had shivers. I had chills. I can think of no more menacing thing to do than to present someone with those dulcet tones of, Absolutely. I believe I believe that is that, fe- that feature is super cat. Okay. For, for fly um, by Sugar Ray. I, unimaginable cruelty. Okay. Unimaginable. It is, it is pain. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay. So Steve, you're saying that despite his email last week, you know, making some, some bold claims as a primer for any listeners who might've missed it, uh, Chef Jeff alluded to maybe having a, a, a deeper and, and potentially familial connection to Steve here. Um, again, despite, despite his uh, efforts to, injure maim harm uh, in some way at ypsilanti state 
do you think that this was just uh, a slap in the face? I mean, obviously you were tormented by this song, but was his email claiming this sort of tie a way to lure you into a false sense of security or again, attempt to lure you with that false sense of security? Uh, Jared, I think it very well could be, you know, uh, you're coming in loud and clear and, uh, you know, for that, I do want to thank the good people in the audio production department over at Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate all the, all the great things that they've done for the team. And uh, take a bite out of the apple. It's not a poisoned apple. It's a, it's a big, fresh Granny Smith. And uh, that's what Apple provides for us. Yeah, so, I mean, each week when, when we have these raw WAV files and I email them off to Tom Apple and I say, are you sure you have time to edit this? And he says, I, I, there's nothing I would rather do. And I say, don't, don't you have to like run the company? Aren't you the CEO? And he says, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. This is a grassroots company. Willing. He's always that's willing. <laughs> he is always willing to bend over backwards Tom. for his favorite podcasters. And it means Absolutely. so much to us that, that, you know, we still get the Tom Apple touch, the TAT for DFWAG. Uh, once more, Absolutely. you know, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to be a part of the, the, the new Dutch family, Operation Orangeland, or if you too want to get that TAT, uh, please give us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe on, on Spotify and iTunes, and, uh, and shoot us an email at davidfosterwallacegrommet at gmail.com. Um, now, fellas, it, go, uh, you keep know, going. Go crazy. You know, much like we say ocean spray uh, tickles the Adam's apple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apple podcast like tickles apple the, pod- the, the Tom apple. <laughs> apple podcast tickles the Tom apple. Exactly. So it really is. It really is fantastic. And uh, regarding the Chef Jeff incident, I, I, uh, I'm not sure, really. I, there isn't much clarity from his side. I mean, there you're in good spirits, of, you know. There is a lot of reaching out, and I'm in good spirits, I'll tell yeah. you, because I've got ocean spray, and I've got apple, and I've, you know, that's really all I need. And I'm, I am on the road to recovery from a physical standpoint. I am uh, in, in crutches, no longer wheelchair-bound. And it is, you know, it's a bright, a bright sunny day, and... Uh, and uh, raindrops keep falling on my head, but it won't bring me down. And that's thanks to Ocean Spray, uh, the uh, Spray Bernay, and, uh, and the great Tom Apple over at Apple.com and the Apple Company. Um, yeah. I mean, of so course. So I will, f- let me put it this way. Sure, I sure. will spread my wings and I will fly. Okay. But I'm going to be flying up, not down. On your terms, not on his absolutely yeah i mean look you know you're you're in good spirits with operation orangeland and everything again this is a moment of, of great tranquility and repose for us uh carl you know say a couple words about the good people over at the apple corporation lossless audio okay absolutely yep lossless audio and that's the tap know, absolutely and it is you know it is from a, from an audio standpoint it's as good as it gets from a drink standpoint we're doing absolutely perfect and from a physical recovery standpoint you know i'm i'm le- i'm leaning on my dutch crutch and that is our dutch fan base in the netherlands and they are they are my rock they are my crutch and that it, that so i do have to thank the dutch crutch yeah yeah i mean look for our listeners out there for the grommet heads the creatine loaders cave dwellers what have you um if you want any any real testament to the audio quality provided by apple podcasts Go ahead and listen to any of our episodes over the last four years to hear that perfect, lossless. I mean, it's like you're in the room with us. Perfect audio quality. Um, Absolutely. All right, you guys want to? You guys want to talk about this week's reading selection? I think we're just about ready. We can talk about the reading selection, and uh, I mean, perhaps we can even get into the footnotes with with the expert opinion that we have at our disposal today. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so this week for our supplemental reading, we uh, grabbed ourselves a copy of uh, Jorge Luis Borges, uh, The Lottery in Babylon, a little short story, Carl's selection here. Carl, do you want to tell us a little bit about the story, maybe a little brief synopsis and some of your uh, preliminary thoughts? And why you chose it. And why you chose it, yes. Yes. That's a very good question. So as you know, I I go crazy for footnotes, Um, most important part of any text is the subtext 
Absolutely. I decided I decided to go completely left field with this one. Not a single footnote to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Depending upon your edition, of course, you could have. <laughs> there are probably some editions where the footnotes match or expand upon um, are greater greater in length than the the actual text itself. Um, coming in at five pages, yep. I thought I'd do a. I you know I thought I I wanted to bring something to the table that continued the nautical theme. We we visit our narrator and he Ooh. is on a boat and he is getting the hell out of Dodge. Dodge, of course, mm. that being not the city, but Babylon, the city. Um, now this is a this is a mythical Babylon. This is a Babylon that has not existed, does exist, may exist yet. And it is under under the the rule of a, uh, a, a ecclesiastical, mm-hmm. metaphysical, mm-hmm. Um, omnipotent mm-hmm. organization known as the company. But the company, God bless their souls, they need to deal with all this incessant complaining by the small people uh-huh. about how unjust their rule is the rule of course being the titular lottery that is that is found in babylon not a hot take i like this i, I like this little short story it is yeah. one short yeah borges borges does not need a lot of time to convey his point um <laughs> which uh you know hats off to the man um you know i hope he's out there on uh on the pampas, you know, just sure. just dipping a shandy somewhere yeah. in the sky because oh. he deserves it. Maybe an maybe an ocean spray. What do you oh. think of that? That's a hey. Yeah. Maybe a spray Bernay. <laughs> That's a. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe let's have a spray Bernay for uh, for Borges. A spray Bernay for Borges. For Borges. Yeah. <laughs> a spray Bernay for Jorge. Um, yeah. I Absolutely. I don't I don't think I'm alone in saying that because um, I, I I didn't. Uh, Prior to reading this, I wasn't super familiar with because uh, I don't read. I don't think we don't read any poetry for the podcast, really. Well, we were at the prophet, I guess, but we don't read a lot of short form stuff like that. So I wasn't really familiar with uh, ultraism as a movement. So reading mm. this kind of caught me off guard. I think I want to say I've read um, one of Borges' short stories before, um, but but the sort of uh, exposition in this was a little jarring to me as I mean, look, this is a podcast for public intellectuals, but I still felt like a little bit of a, a rube, a little bit of a peon getting over some of the, uh, again, some of the exposition, some of the word choice. Um, hopefully I wasn't alone in that, but uh, there was a little bit of Googling going on. I, the last time I saw the word venal written out, um, listen, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not always reading um, papal decrees, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's been a minute since I've seen that word, but no, the word choice, I mean, I don't know if he's just trying to flex on, flex on the, the little people, but, uh, he's, he's working it. I mean, I think that is actually part of it. I think part of it is like, it's, it's cause yeah, the movement was all about like, oh, how can we make, how can we really explore these adjectives to their, the fullest extent, you know, it, it goes beyond, um, you know, stacking these things. And it's like, how can, how can we just find the most refined, most like aggra- aggressively descriptive uh, uh, sort of symbolism and Im- imagery. But I think also part of it is like in Babylon, in this fictitious Babylon, um, you know, whether or not it actually exists, even in the fiction of the story, whether or not it exists or, or law and order exists, or if it's just this larger kind of nebulous game of chance, um, there is this kind of like erudite sensibility that I think was meant to be conveyed. The sense that the, the citizens of Babylon through their, 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 <laughs> their uh, accelerationist law and order in this game of chance uh, were more refined, a more, a more refined, a more um, kind of celebrated intelligentsia in society. And I think that the word choice contributed to that. I think that helps support that narrative. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable point because we don't reach the logical conclusion Mm. Jorge's logical uh, uh, logical conclusion of the lottery without the participation of the small people, right? right. Like, I mean, as um, omnipotent and powerful as this company is, 
it needs people to complain like, hey, wait a second. Why are we, why are we not having, um, like, why do we have to pay for tickets? You know, this should just be, this should, everyone should be able to just participate, right? This should be open to everyone. Why are right. we needing to, um, I mean, every aspect of, of, of the game of the lottery should be chance, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not the company who, the company makes these decisions, but only after this, you know, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, right? Like, I mean, they, right. it, it needs participation from the small people in order to become this beautiful monstrosity in the end. Yeah. I mean, even going so far as to like establish religious sites where it's like, oh, you know, if you, if you do have, I mean, that was like, to me, that was the best part. I mean, I love the, the humor in this is very, um, it's, it's hilarious. It's very, yeah, it's very apparent. It is like, it's, it is very like aware of the paradox exploring that. But um, yeah, the part where he's describing like, you know, and then at a certain point, people had, had grown so tired of the company and were crying out against it or, or, you know, wondering, you know, how do we get in touch with them? They're like, okay, that we established a, a holy bathroom as a religious <laughs> site. And these like stone lions are the, new idols. And you can go there. And maybe if you if you leave this dossier, the, the, company the Kafka. Will... Right, right. <laughs> and Steve. the the uh, the tongue, the tongue moment i mean there's yeah. yeah i mean the guy who who steals uh steals a this was back when you know you have to pay for it or whatever and he steals a ticket and he got the one that says he needs his tongue to be cut out he got unlucky with his draw and uh and as it turns out the penalty for stealing a ticket is having your tongue cut out and there was a you know, larger scale uproar that uh, bet between those who who uh, were steadfast that his punishment should be because of his thievery, yeah. and then the others who were arguing that his punishment should be because of of the what what it actually gave the result it gave on his ticket. Right. And well, and it described this... it described that second contingent as being like the more magnanimous that they were the right. ones who were like no like you know basically the you know fortune smiles upon you because you know you don't need to pay for having stole it you just need your tongue cut out because that's what you want um yeah yeah exactly you you horny freak you. yeah <laughs> um let's and then get that tongue out of there <laughs> yeah and then you know within the fiction it, it's uh just to 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 get the complete through line you have for any listeners out there who are curious about this or are going to read it themselves i mean this is something that we've seen duplicated in fiction throughout the years just not to this extent not to the extent you know the idea of a, a lot or like um there's the the shirley jackson short story anyway but yeah we've seen this idea of like um, a lottery where they're both you know negative positive and negative uh rewards or punishments um but i think the real takeaway from this is is the larger idea of the company not existing at all the kind of uh infinite possibilities when you when you rely on chance for everything that whole that whole page description basically of like well you know yeah someone's draws a card for their execution okay and then the executors draw their cards and then you can just kind of go forever the infinite the, the fact that the, the decision never ends right it's just constantly it's a paradigm right it uh, a paradox it just continues continues to split and diverge um but and uh, you know speaking of speaking of you know maybe works that this reminds you of or where you see aspects of this i couldn't help but think but of um confederacy of dunces where mm -hmm. um there's just constantly the the, the character uh, riley uh, uh in and that in that fiction um just constantly cursing oh fortuna you you fickle you fickle bitch you know you you wheel of fate how yeah. dare you how dare you put these circumstances on me um but no sense no sense complaining about it i mean that's what the people of babylon got right <laughs> Well, and that was another in the end. In the like, end, <laughs> key component of developing this sort of society is that people realize it was much more fun when there was something to lose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this idea of chance is like being a larger uh, a metaphor on life, or uh, you know, what have you. With this idea that it's no fun to it's they, they even there's even a, mo a point where he says like, um, you know, there's no happiness in in winning money. There's only the happiness in knowing that someone else isn't, or like that someone else is being punished for your winning the yeah. money. Uh, well, and it's. Uh, sorry to, to no, no, jump no, on to that. Yeah. It's not, I, I don't think it's that it's fun. I mean, an early line that he talks about is like that every citizen strives to some sort of like 
like moral ideal, right? Like it, it is, it does not appeal to every sense just right. to occasionally win, right? You need to appeal to all of the senses. And one of them is the, the, the pleasures of uh, the, 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 the senses, the senses of pain and, and, and loss and suffering. Right, so. right, right. It's the, yeah. Cause it's the, the moralist argument saying that, um, money doesn't bring everyone happen happiness the way that j jail and, and pain can bring everyone suffering mm -hmm. um but no i mean okay you know let's say uh who who would you recommend a story like this for who is something like this for who would get the most bang for their buck with a little borges oh anyone anyone who's in 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 doldrums anyone who's anyone who goes through day to day and just sees you know is is distraught at the at the normalcy at the at the routine at the everyday because i think that this is borges i mean you know this story to some extent but all of his stories have a through line of magical realism right mm -hmm. and i think that that's the perfect the perfect little spice right to sprinkle on someone who is like just like meh, every like just completely bleak um just just going through the motions you know a little sure. bit of magical realism goes a long way i think Sure, sure. Steve, what about you? Not, well, not all, but most. I can think of uh, the, the, the Three Judases, which is a very good story, but that I don't believe has... It deals with the idea of uh, n there not being a set story. So this also, the, also this, he touched on a bit the Zeno's, Zeno's paradox of the... Mm of the infinite right infinite distances keep having it keep having it yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and that i think is kind of a theme i mean i know i know labyrinth was mentioned a number of times in this story yeah his mm -hmm. and I, I mentioned already that his short story collections called labyrinth one is labyrinth one is the garden of the forking paths although i think garden of the forking paths was integrated into labyrinths later on later on uh he never wrote a novel so they're all short stories Damn, never, few, huh? He never wrote a novel. There he's, is not he's for a, the people. There yeah. is no novel or novella, I think, even written by Jorge Luis Borges. I think his longest was maybe 25 pages. He's a man of the people. His longest huh. standalone. But all of his stories are meant to be. So, I mean, suggesting the whole thing maybe is, is, is reasonable. Maybe we'll have to get back to it later on because... Uh, I think he meant to not, they're not connected, but it's also like Beckett where it's like, okay, we know they're well, not connected. No, but, Beckett yeah, was Beckett, absolutely Beckett, connected. Stories about Beckett. the stories about nothing were, were big time. Yeah, you're, connected. Right, you're, yeah. Right, you're right. I think, I so think I would like to read something. It's a bit something. less direct than that, but it's a similar sure. idea. I think I would like to right. read whatever his longest for Borges. I mean, the, whatever his longest would be, I would like to get my hands on um, because I, yeah, yeah. stylistically, I mean the 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 um, the the difficulty and a lot of the uh, like literary value to be derived from something like this is in the the style, you know. It's in it's oh, in, sure, it's, yeah. it's like reading um, it's like reading Burgess. It's like it's really playful with the language. It's really playful with the presentation, and it's meant to kind of complete the narrative and and round off the idea of the narrator. But the ultimate story, especially in five pages, kind of like with Blow Up. Um, another another classic Argentinian writer, yeah. But you, uh, sure. but the real takeaway is kind of simple. It's distilled. You understand. I mean, you know, it's it's not um, it's not particularly difficult to parse. I mean, you know, harkening back to the maybe the most difficult to parse that we've read for the pod that we actually never discussed was the Blind Owl. You know, that sort of thing. Something where it's uh, thematically complex. And I think what I would like to do is that's see if, a fair comparison. What I would like to we read, didn't discuss that though. We never did. No, but I would that really wasn't like on read, an episode. I would like to but see yeah, more his style, um, but but in something that's going to be a little more like thematically dense. That's mm -hmm. what I'd really like to explore. That's yeah. That's an interesting comparison for sure. I mean, also also in some of his stories, he he deals with the the fictionalized version of himself. Mm -hmm. So these kind of magic realistic scenarios uh fictionalized to an extent mm -hmm. uh he was also friends with cesares adolfo cesares yeah, yeah, yeah. and and a lot of his short not a lot but a number of his short stories i do know at least from labyrinths 
do deal or are inspired by his uh, interactions with uh, with um, you know national socialist defectors who sure. ended up in you know the Nazi the Nazi defectors who ended up in Buenos Aires at the time and these okay. the sympathy that grew in Buenos Aires because of that and he I guess had a lot of experience on the opposition right and he had a lot of experience uh uh dealing with those types of conversations and he ended up writing quite a bit about uh about the let's say moral sort of the morally gray weird magical bizarre scenarios in in a number of his stories does so he who, does he ever do- dive into like uh the esoteric aspects of nazism because that would be that would be a delightful little read. I mean I'm not like sure the, exactly. All, all, all that like black sun shit and like you yeah. know talking like Well, I mean I, we would have to I don't see think so. I, I thought I I don't know, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I guess I assume that Borges was like most Argentinian writers of that period who had fled or who went to, to sweet Paris uh once Perón came around. Gay so maybe Paris. Was, maybe well, was uh, less concerned with Nazis may be more concerned with what was going on in Argentina. Isn't he, isn't, isn't blow up set in Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah. Cortazar fled, yeah. that was one of the many things he was writing in Paris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the emigres, speaking of, I, I know you guys are always, always talking about the, the Dutch diaspora, right? Of course, yes. Talk, right. About, the, talk about the other way, Buenos Aires, the Buenos Aires to, to Paris connection. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're um, talking Buenos Aires <laughs> to, to Sweet Paris, yep. to the Netherlands, Back yep. to Romania, it's sort of the it's sort of that international cross continental, the, the, the Devil's Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Devil's Triangle, Devil's Ex Dracula Symposium, twenty money one. Uh, it looks like we are just about out of time, guys. Do we have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, well, I'm I'm just trying to double check where he went because okay. I don't actually know this. Carl, any closing thoughts for you? Um. You know, uh, speaking to the Dutch diaspora and yeah. the original concept of what juice, what beer would yes. you, what beverage you compare it with, I'd say a, a swing top Grolsch. Okay. Drunk, drunk down to the label yeah. with, a, with a topper of orange juice. Okay. I think it'd be, I think it'd be great for your orange heads out there. For the new, for the new Dutch family and all the Operation Orangeland followers, that's important information. That is essential news right there. Uh, absolutely we unfortunately did not get to talk about infinite jest the way we would have liked to this week we will be back next week to discuss of course david foster Wallace's seminal classic uh and you know in closing i think everyone should uh should take a peek at this at at uh at the lottery of babylon i think it's a it's a little treats quick read um I, you know we we read a lot of magic realism for the pod um mm-hmm. i think it uh i think for the most part historically with what we've read it's uh, been a real wellspring of conversation. And I think it's something that we really enjoy here uh, and that we'll certainly be returning to in the future. Uh, Steve, any closing thoughts Absolutely. on this week's short story? Yeah, we'll definitely be coming back to Borges. Uh, I think this is definitely for people who are interested in uh, uh, rich prose and maybe mm-hmm. uncommon themes, uncommon subject matter. Sure. Things that, things that, I would say don't show up in standard, in standard literary works. It's, uh, you know, Borges is, is unique. And, you know, him not having written a novel is a testament to that. Sure. Right. The fact that all of his work is very short and very specific. Yeah. It's super short. It's super specific. And I, I suppose that's why he is known as one of the great short story writers uh, of all time. Yeah, you can definitely so, value someone who knows what they want to say and can say it succinctly. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so that's that's maybe who this would be for. It's, it's dense, as you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dense stuff, but it's short. Maybe it's worth two reads, uh, mm-hmm. but that's no problem because because it's short enough. Five pages, 10 pages, 15 pages. And, uh, 20 pages, 25 pages, that's 30 pages. Reads. That, no, that's five reads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's something... That's who it would be for, someone who wants to maybe challenge themselves subject matter-wise. Uh, I'll have to double-check on the translators, but I think the, I think the, 
Yeah, I don't know exactly what translations are best, but mm-hmm. uh, I think in general, Borges is translatable. Spanish yeah. to English and English to Spanish is, is typically on the okay side of things as opposed to yeah. some of the other some of the other more more uh, removed languages. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, that's who this would be for. Okay. I would say. So that's my final thought, you know, who it would be for. Obviously, you know, it's great. We're a big fan and we'll be coming back to Borges for sure yeah, in for the sure. future. Uh okay, Carl. Now on a scale of 1 to 10, how was this experience of uh being on the foremost Infinite Just Fancast and Public Intellectual Podcast? It's an easy easy 8 out of 10 for me. Room for improvement as there always is. But okay. I had a I had a lovely time and what I said at the top I, I did not experience, none of us levied any ad hominem attacks. And that's what I really appreciate. We sure. stuck to the facts. Right, we absolutely. discussed the facts in front of us. And that's it. That's it. Now, none of us are litigious people, so I don't expect many lawsuits to come out of this. So No, hopefully not. I'm, hopefully not. I mean, God I mean, this willing. is a podcast where we, yeah, you know, inshallah, this is a podcast where we speak truth to power day after day after day. Uh, Absolutely. And next week, we will be speaking more truth to power uh, with our 50th episode spectacular. We will be reading, uh, we will be returning rather to, to Raymond Chandler, reading uh, Farewell, My Lovely, the second in the Philip Marlowe series. Uh, really excited to dig into that with everyone. And of course, yeah. you can get in touch with us, David Foster Wallace and Garmin at gmail.com or give us a uh, five star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe on Spotify uh should be fantastic should be a good time and we'll see you guys next week well let me just jump in here real quick and just say check out ocean spray oceanspray.com slash dfwag let me give you a quick sound bite uh, on a sunny on a sunny day in may i sure could use a spray bernay thanks for listening see you next time